We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast. Little, I was going to say a little Sunday night recording, but Johnny, it's Monday. Uh, you know, holidays got me feeling like, keep forgetting we have an extra day. How's it going? Yeah, it is a little strange. Uh, you know, you, you kind of can't help but feel like it's a Sunday but, uh, I mean, that's good news for the majority of the people that don't have to work. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice for me. Uh, <laughs> we have been recording in a little while. Thank you guys for waiting. I kind of forgot my mic adapter as I traveled last week, and I was not working. So uh, we did not record after that delightful Christmas Day victory against the Broncos. And now, of course... We're back to record after a uh, one of the most pointless 60 minutes of my life watching this Rams-Chargers game from yesterday. A 31-10 loss. I told Johnny I didn't even know the final score because as soon as Chase Daniel trotted onto the field, I turned the game off. Did you finish the game? Because I, I once I see Chase Daniel playing, I'm just not going to waste my time. You know, I, I wanted to change the channel, but I'm like, Ah oh, hell, the season has been lost forever anyway. So, yeah, I I just I just decided to uh, you know stick with it, and yeah, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I I couldn't do it. Um. Well, I mean, we'll probably touch on both this week's game and a, to a lesser extent last week's game because we weren't here for it. Um. But we'll start with this week's. We have officially set the record for most losses by a defending champ in the Super Bowl era. So, you know, glass half empty, that's really embarrassing. Glass half full, uh, you have to win a Super Bowl to get that honor. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, you know, our opponent that we just got decimated by uh... – doesn't have a ring at all so nope there's that yeah that's that's a good way of looking at it and i mean you know we're due for a little course correction well not really on the full season but i mean the last two games because that that denver game was insane (laughs) um we one thing that i have to say about that denver game johnny uh a couple years ago 2016 if everyone remembers was it the Falcons that we got beat by so bad that they fired Jeff Fisher? Uh, yes, I believe it was. Feels good to be on the other end of that. 
that <laughs> we whooped the Broncos' ass so badly that they just fired their coach in the middle of – not the middle of the season, but before the season ended. You know, uh, I, I can't help but just wonder – like what went wrong with with uh, the Broncos? Like I know that they've kind of undergone, you know, quite a few injuries themselves. Um, in fact, I think they may have more than the Rams. I don't. I don't know if that's accurate anymore. But um, man, uh, just the the whole thought process of, you know, they they have players. You know, uh, they have some really good offensive weapons. And yet you have Russell Wilson that just looks like absolute crap. You know, Johnny, if you recall, um, if you go back into our season preview podcast from July or August, I said, I don't get it. I don't think the Broncos are going to be that good. You uh, did. I Now you can go back to that podcast and listen to how good I thought the Raiders were going to be. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I I didn't like I don't know man I, I think they were overrating their talent I couldn't have guessed that Russell Wilson would be doing this uh, and I definitely would not have predicted they'd win four games but I I don't know man I, I think we were kind of blowing a lot of smoke about just how much talent was on that team uh certainly though yeah I I would have assumed that they would win like seven or eight games absolute minimum uh this is wild how bad they are and they like. You can just see if you've watched the the four games the Rams have played with Baker Mayfield, um, because they truly have been a different team. Denver oh, yeah. fucking sucks, dude. They looked so <laughs> bad in that game. Uh, we didn't punt once, and they just like yeah the the Rams played great, but I uh, I think it was more Denver was horrible than like us figuring it out. Because, I mean, if you've watched the last three games, we didn't look like we had it figured out in two out of the three. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because just when you feel so terrible about the Rams situation, you go and play against the Broncos. And, yeah, it just it goes to show you that while the Rams are looking like crap and – for many reasons, but um, it's hard to think just how bad other teams are. And, and at this point, with like this pretty much broken team, any team that loses to the Rams at this stage is just freaking terrible. Like, including, you know, the Vegas Raiders, it, it still baffles me that they lost to the Rams. And, you know, I I just don't think they're a very good team either. No. And and it's not – and dude, talk about the fucking Raiders, man. What the fuck happened this week? Uh, <laughs> were we all wrong about Jared Stidham? Like, <laughs> they just – we're watching – it's so funny if you watched the Rams game last week and watched Russell Wilson play football – and then you tuned on this shootout where Jared Stidham is torching the best defense in the league while Brock Purdy is lighting it up on the other side of the field. Like, it, it is just <laughs> unbelievable that those two guys looked better than Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson have looked all season. <laughs> it's just, the, the game is broken. The game is so, broken. So let me ask you this, Steve. You know, you, you brought up Stidham. Do you think that it's as close of a game between the Raiders and the 49ers if they put in Derek Carr? Do you think there's a chance they win? Or do you think that they just completely collapse to the 49ers? I think we have enough evidence to say that they would not have come close to winning. Uh, I don't know what it was. You know, I, I don't think Stidham is... That, you know, I mean, I guess I can't say I don't think he's good after this game, but I think there's a lot of him and Josh McDaniels trying to prove something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because clearly, and I am the biggest Josh McDaniels uh, anti-advocate on the planet, 
<laughs> kind of just a big middle finger to me, benching his quarterback for Jarrett Stidham and it actually working in his favor. I'm just curious what's going to happen to Devontae Adams after this this season. They paid him. Uh, you know, I think I think he'll still be there, but he went there for Carr, so I don't know. Um, well, speaking of figuring it out, Johnny, not that the Rams have had figured out, but we have not talked about the Rams in two weeks, and in those two weeks, the uh, Lord of Achilles has gifted Cam Akers with a fresh one, it seems, as over the last two games combined, he's ran the football 42 times for 241 yards and three touchdowns. Those all came in the, the Denver game, uh, averaging 5.7 yards per carry. I think the last time we talked, I it, we both were kind of like, it seems like realistic that he could have a role on the team in 2023, but he's not going to be the lead back. How do you feel about that now? You know, it, it's real interesting because it – you, you can certainly make the argument this week that he was probably the sole good thing in on the offensive side of – well, pretty much on both sides of the football. Uh, you know, he's he was really the only bright point against the Chargers. And that's – you know, that's also keeping in mind that the offensive line is still busted up. You know, the, the Rams still are trying to make, you know, a broken offense work. And, you know, I I think that, you know, Cam Akers really has has stepped up. I, I wish we had seen this all season, but I don't know. May, maybe he's finally, you know, gaining that confidence that, you know, he, he clearly didn't have at the start of the season. Um, and, you know, it, it makes you question, and this is probably more of a topic we'll, we'll – touch on you know after uh after the the regular season but it makes you question should the rams prioritize going after another running back uh especially if cam Akers is putting up these kinds of numbers uh because yeah you know one was against the broncos but you know this week was against a pretty decent chargers team and you know there was there was uh, enough evidence for me to really say that we may want to rethink that, you know? I I mean, this is the kind of the potential that we all were hoping to see out of uh, Akers this season, and hopefully this continues uh, into the 2023 season. Yeah, I and I think with all we've talked about on this podcast in the past of the Rams just kind of wasting draft picks on luxuries – if Cam Akers is going to look like this, you should absolutely not draft a running back in those early picks. And you probably shouldn't sign – you could sign one, but, like, uh, unless you're getting Saquon Barkley, which is not going to happen, you shouldn't drop big money on a running back. Uh, I think it's clear now. Like, you have limited resources on this team and a lot of needs – you shouldn't go and spend that money on Josh Jacobs is, is how I'm feeling about it. He looked great, and this is something that's been developing because, I mean, you've been following the Rams all year. This has been one of the most wild player trajectories over the course of one season that I think I've ever seen. He comes out in week one. He's Daryl Henderson's backup, and he can't run. Like, he looks horrible. Uh, continues to look terrible. Blames the Ram and leaves the team. Doesn't get traded. He comes back. First game back, he rushes five times for three yards. And somehow, this leads to the Rams cutting Daryl Henderson, giving Cam Akers a shot to just be the lead back, and him succeeding. And like you said, like the, the Chargers are good. This is a real game where the offense could not move the ball whatsoever. Besides him, uh, Van Jefferson had a pretty good day. Other than that, nobody did, like you said, uh, and nobody really did on defense. He kind of was a lone bright spot in this game, and yeah, I mean, you, I, I think they should still probably 
bring in a running back in some capacity, but it should not be a focus of the offseason unless you're getting a cream of the crop guy, which is not going to happen. I mean, what are the odds that if he keeps looking like this? I mean, I don't know. Like, he probably deserves a shot. I think at, at some point, like, it, I, I, it, it's hard to say because at, on one hand, you don't want to go into the se- the start of the season and have a repeat of last year where basically your only option was a very lackluster Cam Akers. Um, but on the other hand, his potential is, I mean, th- he literally looks like a top 10 back these past couple of games, uh, maybe even a, a, you know, a slightly higher, but um, th- that's the type of running back that we were hoping to get, you know? Um, and I think it just comes down to opportunity. You know, if the opportunity there, like, for example, if uh, Robinson is available in, uh, he drops down to the Rams in the second round. I, I would not oppose the idea of drafting him. Now I highly doubt that he's available, uh, on the Rams pick in the second round, but stranger things have happened. And I am, I wouldn't rule out them drafting him either or trading up into the first round still, even with this. And I think the benefit of this run is, if Cam Akers isn't their long-term plan, is that he has trade value again. You know, I think you get something, uh, but I don't know what. There's no no big contract commitment. Um, so it's, it's great to see. And I'm happy for him because, boy, he did not look good. Uh, and no. to, suffer, to suffer that injury and just not be able to come back sucks. And so it's nice to see him playing like this. There's a big quote from McVay talking about him. He said, I think it's just the way he's creating when there isn't anything there. The explosiveness, I think you're seeing a complete back. He's making plays in the past game. There'll be some things to continue to clean up because of the standards that we have for him, whether that be playing without the ball. But I think Cam deserves a ton of credit for the way he's hitting his stride right now He's and he's the way that he's playing. And hopefully we finish off the regular season the right way and he could be able to use that to build some momentum into the offseason because I've really been pleased with Cam. When his shoulders are square at the line of scrimmage, he's a pretty special back. Confidence is a really powerful thing. He's playing with a lot of confidence. He's getting more opportunities. So, I mean, that makes me think that he believes in him. Um, that last line about confidence is not something you would just throw out about a player. You know what I mean? Like, that's something he's saying. Maybe they didn't think Cam had a lot of confidence in himself, and that's why he wasn't running well. I don't know. But uh, it's been really encouraging to see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And, Johnny, I want to give a shout out. I don't have anything to add beyond this. On Malcolm Brown averaging 23 yards to carry in this game, he had one rush for 23 yards, and it was a touchdown. I mean, it was a, it was pretty interesting seeing him, uh, you know, kind of bowl through there. I was like, wow. For a second was... on that run, I felt like I was watching uh, 2018 C.J. Anderson. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I was like, wait, that was Malcolm Brown? 
But uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, there was like a massive hole in the middle of the field. I was like, damn. It's good. The first Rams touchdown at SoFi. He scores the last of the year. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than on offense, uh, unfortunately for Baker, we didn't pod last week. You know, I think we've seen the full Baker Mayfield experience in these four games. We've seen why he was the number one pick. We've seen why the Browns got a lot of criticism for deciding to move on from him after how tough he played and getting into the playoffs and all that, playing through injuries, uh, bringing on Deshaun Watson, which is another thing. We've also seen why the Browns moved on from him, why the Panthers moved on from him, uh, and why there's a pretty decent chance that he won't be a starter next season. He went 11-19 for 132 yards in this game, sacked three times. It's but but um you know in the fairness last week he went twenty four of twenty eight with two hundred thirty yards two touchdowns didn't take a sack so in easily last week was his best game as a Ram uh, he looked incredible and then this week he you know looks not good and it's a very up and down with Baker I'm really curious to see if. He's going to get paid in the offseason by somebody, but I think if that's not the case, I think I think they definitely should try and find a way to pick this guy up as their backup if, if nobody's ponying up for him. But, you know, not a great day. No question. But, but still, even in this game, there were things that you were like, okay, you know, he, he's got stuff going for him. It's just it's still a bad offense, and, you know, he's not a perfect player. Oh man, that I, I don't know if you recall the the play in the first qu- quarter. I believe it was the first drive, where uh, <laughs> where Baker Mayfield just threw it a a hair too far from Cam Akers. Yeah, and that clearly was going to be at least a fifty yard touchdown. I I was like, man, that would have been so sweet, but it didn't it didn't go down that way. I will but, say. Uh, I feel like he's used to playing with better cast catching backs. And yes. I think a good pass catching back might've been able to make that play. He did overthrow him, but I, I wouldn't call that. Maybe I'm wrong. I wouldn't call that a totally uncatchable ball. It, it wasn't totally uncatchable. It's just, yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, I mean, he went from, you know, one of, Actually, he went from two, two teams with, you know, really good running backs. Yeah, Kareem Hunt to Christian McCaffrey to Cam Akers. Yeah, it's kind of an unfair comparison there, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting uh, to see. I, I would like to see Baker Mayfield play with the complete Rams offense. And clearly this offense is far from complete, you know, uh, pretty much the only stable position that they have is running back every, everything else. And I guess tight end, tight end sort of also, uh, but everything else offensive line is pretty much in the garbage can, um, you know, and you basically have your third stringer as your top receiver, so, yeah, that's that's something as well. And, like, I, this is an off-season topic, but there's one game left, and we don't have any short-term topics really here. We – there was a lot of concern and speculation about Matthew Stafford's elbow going into the season. And I feel like we didn't get a conclusive answer on that. Am I like? Am I wrong? I don't think we saw enough one way or the other to really make a, to draw a verdict on the state of that elbow. Yeah i i I don't think you can really say. I, I don't think you could really say you know uh, how confident you are in his injury just yet, um, but. 
that's why it, it, it would be in the Rams' best interest to bring back Baker Mayfield, right? Uh, yeah, if possible. That's that's what I'm saying because you know, nobody on this team is getting younger, and you're not gonna have Aaron Donald forever. You're not gonna have Cooper Cup forever. You're not gonna have Jalen Ramsey forever. You've seen how catastrophic not having a backup quarterback is this season. Yep. And I think if it's if it's not Baker, they got to get somebody they can have some confidence in. Even if you're even if you're spending a little too much money in that position, especially considering how much you're spending on the starter, I I think you just you got to prioritize that because there will be a lot of question marks about Stafford going into next season. And I would never sit here and say he shouldn't be the starter going into next season, but you should have a backup plan ready. And you should have somewhat of a tight leash because you, this team is not going to be able to be held together. And we saw quickly this year how a couple injuries add up and everything just goes to hell quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, I And I do think that, uh, you know, Les Snead is going to really try his best to bring back Baker. Uh, it. It's just going to come down to if if teams are going to want to try and start him again, and that that's a possibility, but it may not be as good of a possibility as some might think. Uh, you know, and, and hope, hopefully that's the case because I, I think we can absolutely uh, you know benefit from having ha- uh, Mayfield as the backup and you know, maybe even seeing what he can do, you know, once you have a healthier team. Uh, But again, it comes down to, you know, the Rams are not exactly rolling in dough. So how much it would cost to bring him back. Right. That's the big thing. And I've said it a couple times the last couple weeks. Like I just don't really envision a, anyone like making him their guy right now. Uh, you could see potentially some teams um, like bring him in as a bridge quarterback, but I don't know if he wants to be a bridge quarterback. Maybe the Raiders. <laughs> no fucking way, dude. Maybe, though. I don't know. I don't know what McDaniels is thinking. I could potentially, if there's a scenario where Geno Smith signs somewhere else, I could see Seattle kicking the tires on Baker. Uh, but that's really one of the only like actual destinations I could see happening. I think other teams in quarterback needy situations aren't going to look there. You know, the only teams really that would make sense to bring in like a vet right now, like the Raiders, like you said, but I don't think they'd bring in Baker and like the Jets. And I don't know. It, that just seems too much like a Jets move. I feel like they wouldn't do it. Like, I feel like they know how much of a Jets move that looks like. It's like, we can't be the old Jets. We have to be a new Jets team. Yeah. Tennessee, maybe. I could be a wild card. But I don't know. I, I just don't think these teams are going to line up for Baker. I mean, that would be great news for us, so I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Worst case, we get a comp pick. Yeah. Um, I think... The offensive line obviously looked really good against Denver. I feel like they looked okay in this game too. Been better. Things are things feel like they're getting a little better. In the first half, they looked pretty good. In the second half, they just completely fell apart. Yeah, it's a great pass rush too. You know the fact that they held it together for a half is crazy. I know Rob Havenstein gave up a fumble. I say I I will continue to stand on that hill of my. He's not good anymore rant that I gave last week. Hopefully that ends up not being true. He looked good against the Broncos. Yes, he did. (laughs) I don't know if that says anything, (laughs) but he did. Uh, Yeah, he did. Um, Defensively, not good. Not good in this game. The run defense was bad. Pass defense was worse. Um, yeah, not 
I don't know if there's a single positive from the defense in this game. I think there were a couple against Denver. I don't know if there was any in this game. Yeah, not none at all. They they just Ramsey made some plays, I guess. Yeah, he did. But yeah, I mean, as he should, we're paying him damn near thirty million dollars a year. Uh, I would hope he would look good. Do oh, yeah. But... <laughs> It was actually kind of embarrassing how easy it was to move the football. Do we want to roast anybody? Should we? I don't. I don't know. I the obvious candidate here is Taylor Rapp, who I can feel pretty confident will not be on this team next year. Uh, yeah, as he shouldn't be. It, I I don't really see the point in holding on to him. The Chargers scored four touchdowns in this game, and two of them. Rap was all over in the wrong ways. Uh, maybe the worst pursuit angle I've ever seen in my entire life on the Austin Eckler touchdown, which isn't totally his fault. Um, it shouldn't be on him to make the tackle, but it's on his to make the tackle if the guy gets out of the box and he's just like in the box on the wrong side of the field. He's quite literally the last line of defense. So it yes. just wild stuff, man. I mean, they gotta get the, they gotta get that position fixed. Maybe Jordan Fuller back will do the trick, but he was also benched. You know, right? He wasn't a starter week one, and the last time we saw that happen with an established young player not starting week one, it was Jordan Fuller taking Taylor Rapp's job. So I don't know. I I I want to give Fuller the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully he comes back and is great you know maybe he's just dealing with injuries all year but like nothing looks great here and if nick scott's here next year it's because either we had to overpay him or nobody was offering him and none of those things are ideal nope (laughs) so you you pretty much identified a, a position that will probably be a target next year because uh, I, I don't see the Rams bringing back Taylor Rapp. And I could see them bringing back Nick Scott, but like you said, it probably will be a lot of money to bring him back, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Is there anyone on this team besides Joe Ramsey in the secondary that you feel good about being a starter in our secondary next year? Like, not saying feel good about them being the starter, like, that they will be. Like, feel good as in, if that guy trots onto the field as your starter, how con- are you confident that they're going to play well? I would say that players like Darian Kendrick and Dakobe Durant, I will feel confident in about a year or two. Uh, because I do think that there's a lot of potential with those two. Next year, no, I would not be confident, and I wouldn't necessarily want Troy Hill back next year unless we get him for absolute dirt cheap with the intention of potentially finding a replacement for him. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, Kobe Durant specifically looked great against Denver. Um, Absolutely phenomenal. I lost a fantasy game by .2 because Matt Gay scored 18 points against me, and I blame Kobe Durant for that <laughs> extra, extra point that we didn't need. Um, just sour grapes here there. Did they really have to kick a fucking onside kick so we could kick a 50-yard field goal? Was that needed? <laughs> just punch, Sean. Christ. Uh He didn't look great in this game, but, I mean, that's the one guy I think this year that we've watched that I think is worth trotting out there as a starter next year. But I wouldn't say I'm confident in playing well. I think you'll see flashes, and I think we got to go with the lumps there because we need to develop somebody successfully in the secondary. Um, Hopefully we can get Nick Scott on a cheap deal and Jordan Fuller comes back, but this might have to be a position that needs to be addressed in the second or third round of the draft next year. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, never never investing in this position financially is 
finally coming back to haunt us. Same as the offensive line. Because, I mean, they have, to their credit, they've been good at drafting safeties and playing them. But, um, unfortunately, the Taylor Rapp pick didn't work out. As of a lot of second and third round picks lately have not worked out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, is there is there any other thoughts you have on this game? It was a pretty useless game. Nah, nah, they're, they're really, like, seriously, if you, if you didn't watch the game, you didn't miss anything. You, <laughs> pretty much just a couple of, uh, you know, Cam Aker runs, and, you know, if you wanted to see Malcolm Brown score again, that was literally the only things worth watching. Everything else was just kind of embarrassing. The only actual takeaways from this game, I think, are that Cam Akers should be on the team next year and Taylor Rapp shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, Steve, you know who won't be on the team next year? Who's that? Bobby Evans. So if you miss this, we cut Bobby Evans like three days ago. And it's just like, why now? Why didn't you do this two months ago, or why didn't you do it in two weeks? Just like the season, uh, so unbelievable that, and it's like if you need to make a roster spot, just put Aaron Donald on the IR. He's not playing next week because they haven't done that right. Like he keeps getting ruled out. Yeah, pretty much. He uh... (laughs) he. He, uh, for whatever reason, hasn't been placed on the IR. And and it baffles me because, you know, what for? You know, even if he's healthy enough to go, why? You know, what do you gain there? Yeah. And the answer is nothing. You gain nothing. If he hasn't played by now, uh, you can't play him. You know, like, why would you play him in week 18? Um, I have to say, though, <laughs> with with Bobby Evans, though, I, I just I never quite understood why he made the roster to begin with, because in the preseason, he looked horrible. And keep in mind that this is a guy that has been in the league for a couple years now, and he couldn't really play at the same level with a lot of guys that most likely are not going to make the roster. And then you see a lot of these street free agents that are starting in front of Bobby Evans, who has been on the team. Clearly you are not confident enough in this guy to play at all. So why did you carry him the entire season only to cut him with one more game left? Him and uh, he got cut a couple weeks ago, but I think him and Terrell Burgess are in the same boat where it's like with Burgess, you could tell they didn't give a, they didn't think anything of him as a player in August. And he made the team for some reason, sat around on the bench for a couple weeks and then got cut. With Evans, it inexplicably seemed like they actually did think something of him. Then he made the team, and I don't know what it was because he has looked so bad for the last two years. But both of these guys clearly need fresh starts if there's going to be anything there. And I don't know if there will be, but uh, just unbelievable that they let him sit around that long. (laughs) Nuts. Just such a bizarre season. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You want to you wanna have a fun experiment here, Johnny? Sure. Um, Sean McVay and Les Snead's first year with the Rams in the on day two of the draft, which is round two and three, they drafted Gerald Everett at 44, Cooper Cup at 69, and John Johnson at 91. Uh, two of those threes were home runs. The Everett pick wasn't great, but was a productive player. A net positive, I'd say, even though it wasn't you know maybe an overdraft. I'm going to read you the second and third round picks they've taken since that draft. Okay? <laughs> 2018, they took Joseph Nopum at 89. 2019, they took Taylor Rapp at 61. Daryl Henderson at 70. David Long at 79. Bobby Evans at 97. Half of those guys didn't survive their rookie contracts. The other two suck. Um, <laughs> no disrespect. 2020, they took Cam Akers at 52, Van Jefferson at 57, Tara Lewis at 84, Terrell Burgess at 104. Half of those guys are not on the team. Uh, Cam Akers has started to come back around. Van Jefferson was fine. Uh, he had a good game this week. We didn't really shout him out. Uh, 2021, they took 2-2 Atwell at 57. Uh, nothing more needs to be said there. We have ran that one around enough. Uh, and they took Ernest Jones at 103, uh, which was a good pick. And then 2022, they took Logan Bress at 104. We will see. But a lot of people, you know, who don't watch the Rams or who watch the Rams but don't do shit like this have pointed to the Rams not having first-round picks as the reasons they are struggling right now and, like, the chickens have come to home to roost sort of thing. But the re a big part of the reason why they were in the position to be successful is that they hit on some late round draft picks and some mid round picks that put them in a position to succeed. Um, you know, you you look at the drafts. There were a lot of misses in the Jeff Fisher era, but there were a lot of hits too, and a lot of those guys put the and then namely you look at like. Obviously, there's the Todd Gurley picks, the Aaron Donald picks, but you get Rob Havenstein at 57. You get Lamarcus Joyner at 41. Um, even though these guys weren't here for the big runs, you get Janoris Jenkins at 39. You get Tremaine Johnson at 65. Um, even TJ McDonald at 71. He was a good player for us for a little bit. You're you're succeeding on picks. Um, and in the 2017 draft is a good one to point to. Like we said, you know, those three guys are Cooper Cup and John Johnson and even Gerald Everett were major contributors during the playoff runs that they were here. Um, obviously, Cup is still here and won a Super Bowl MVP. But they're just whiffing on picks, man. And like it's, some of these are luxury picks that didn't work out, um, you know, Daryl Henderson, to an extent, was a luxury pick. Cam Akers and Van Jefferson were both luxury picks. Tutu Atwell was the was basic. Tutu the Tutu Atwell pick was like going to Salt Bay's restaurant. Like, not only is it a waste of money, it's not good either. And so, like, <laughs> just they they have to nail these picks this year in this draft or trade them. God forbid because we've done this every fucking year for somebody worth it. Uh, but they have to do something positive with those picks because this is a huge problem when you have limited picks that you're just whiffing on picks like this. Yeah. <laughs> I I just can't... <laughs> I, I can't get that picture out of my head as uh, Tutu Atwell as Salt Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I... Some of these picks do need to be a little bit better thought out, but at the same time, sometimes you you do got to take risks and you know maybe go for that sort of semi luxury pick because it has worked out. 
you know, some of the our better picks came from, you know, totally luxury out of the blue picks, you know. I mean, to be honest, when we drafted Cooper Cup, I I know we've we always kind of had a high feeling on him based on, you know, his collegiate career. But it was kind of a, a pick out of the blue. You know, wasn't really something on anybody's radar and panned out for the best. I mean, this is, you know, when healthy, arguably one of the best receivers in football. So, right. you know, it, 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 I know some people will be quick to criticize for good reasons. I mean, it, it's okay to criticize. Uh, you know, picks like the Tutu Atwell pick because it was kind of stupid. But at the same time, if you don't take risks like that, then you don't end up with players like Cooper Cup. So it, it's really hard to um, to really, you know, criticize properly because the last thing you want to do is discourage, you know, going out there uh, and, and, you know, taking a risk on a player because sometimes it will pan out, but there will be other times like, you know, a Terrell Lewis where it doesn't pan out and I'll still defend that pick. I, I thought it was a great pick at the time. It just unfortunately didn't pan out. You know, uh, it, it's not, it, it's not a, 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 for sure thing, uh, whenever you're drafting a player that they're going to pan out. I mean, we just talked about Baker Mayfield, who was the number one overall pick. Clearly didn't live up to the draft hype, but that it doesn't necessarily matter uh, the the draft pick number. You know, sometimes you might find gold in the uh, first round. Other times you might have to dig a little bit and find find that diamond, you know, or that diamond in the rough in, in the, you know, third, fourth, or sixth round pick. Yeah, and and of course I'm armchair quarterbacking here. Um, I don't get. I would never be able to do this professionally. I'm not good enough at it. But these guys are getting paid what I would imagine are six or seven figure salaries for the guys in these scouting departments to make the correct picks here. And it is a total crapshoot. And like, you know, to to counter myself here, when I brought up the 2019 draft where they basically whiffed on four day two picks. The next three picks were Greg Gaines, David Edwards, and Nick Scott. So, you know, they, they did make some picks in that draft, but they like they have to be better at this. Um, we looked. If you look at why the Rams fell off so disastrously in the two thousands, it's because they just whiffed on every draft pick for like three straight years, and we're kind of in a situation where we did something similar here. There, there are some picks that worked out, but I mean, Johnny, like last year's draft, 2021, 2-2 Atwell, Ernest Jones, Bobby Brown, Robert Rochelle, Jacob Harris, Ernest Brown, Jake Funk, Ben Skronik, Chris Garrett. Looking at that draft today, Ernest Jones is the only one of those guys that's guaranteed to be a, a contributor on this team. Ben Skronik and 2-2 Atwell might get there, uh, I think Skoranek kind of did this year, but I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, for seventh round pick, yeah, that was that worked out. But they they just they they have to do better at drafting, and I think people need to be held accountable for it. And I don't like. Dare I say? I think Les Snead drafted better when Jeff Fisher was here, and obviously. Oof. Am I wrong? Every other aspect of the team has improved since Sean McVay's been here. And they haven't had a lot of um they haven't had a lot of picks since McVay's been here. But like you go back to the twenty nineteen draft, man, you straight up whiffed on all four day two picks. Um and you brought up Cooper Cup, and that's a great example of like somebody that had you know wasn't really totally on people's radar but I think I that's not a luxury pick because we needed wide receivers that year uh and after I I believe it was a couple months after that draft after they'd already signed Robert Woods and Cooper Cup um 
they traded for Sammy Watkins. So they, even they weren't sitting here like, yeah, that's the guy. Um, and, and with Terrell Lewis, you know, yeah, that's that was a position of need um, and a pick that didn't work out. But I, I just, I don't know, man. You've got to figure that. I mean, can you name the best player they've drafted over the last five years? The most productive NFL draft pick that the Rams have made in the last five seasons. Probably Cup. That's 2017. So 2018, uh, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Oh. I'll give you a hint. We cut him after one season. <laughs> John Franklin it's Myers. It's John Franklin Myers. Like, I think pretty easily. <laughs> wow. That... I, I remember I was pretty upset about cutting John Franklin Myers also. And I think, like, the the rationale of it was I, like, I was kind of like, if they're cutting him right now, he can't be that good. Even though he looked good as a rookie. Turns out he's just good. <laughs> we could fucking use John Franklin Myers right now. Yeah, for real. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean... The only other player I was thinking of is maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Ernest Jones. Uh, I mean, I will. I'll run through this and name the players that have been productive. Um, Noteboom and Brian Allen have been productive. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day has a case for that title. Um, it, Greg Gaines, David Edwards, Nick Scott. Like I said before, but they're. Uh, Franklin Myers is way better than them. Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, uh, Jordan Fuller, and Ernest Jones. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it remains to be seen if, you know, hopefully Darian Kendrick and Kobe Durant work out, but too early to tell if anyone from that class is going to be, be be a guy. Uh, but we also had no picks, and we won the Super Bowl. So this year's draft is going to be important, and they need to – nail these picks we're gonna have the highest pick we've had since goff it's crazy (laughs) that's uh wow yeah i'm the last time we went into a first round the draft of the first round pick which was taylor rap which involved us trading back for a bunch more picks and then missing on all of them Yeah, I I do hope that they uh, have a pl- idea at least. I mean, they may not have an I- a, a you know precise idea uh, until you know free agency begins, but I I hope that they kind of more or less have an idea of where they want to go uh, in this year's draft because yeah, that's that's uh. That's terrible. Yeah, man. I. It's crazy just the amount of third-round picks they've cut. Uh, it's just crazy. Well, we're now back to, unfortunately, with our recent successes, we're going to have the 38th pick as of today. And uh, a game next week. You know, um, well, before we get to that, did you have any lingering thoughts from the Broncos game? I did just want to give Tyler Higby an apology for all the bad things we said about him this year. Because he played <laughs> fucking great in that game. If only we could play the Broncos every week. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we'd be 17-0. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> pretty much everything was said. You know, Cam Akers had a hell of a game. Baker Mayfield played very well. Offensive line, you know, did um, did pretty decent. Uh, it was nice to see, uh, you know, Higby, you know, do his thing out there. Um, Kobe Durant looked really freaking good out there. Um, yeah, by the way, who the fuck is Laurel Murchison? Where did this guy <laughs> come from? He had two he was... sacks in that game? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting because even the guys on the team don't really seem to know him that well, uh, and that's because he was just you know recently added a few weeks ago to the practice squad. 
he gets promoted because, damn, there's absolutely no defensive lineman. And, uh, yeah, you know, started um, had a hell of a game. Uh, I was kind of hoping to see if he can, uh, uh, you know, make some kind of impact in this game. But, nope, nope. He kind of went back to down to earth in this game against the Chargers. <laughs> That that was his debut with the Rams. I I don't think I've ever like looked at a like seen a game where somebody on the Rams is making plays, and I'm like, I I genuinely don't know who this person is. Like I I don't know if this is how many times this happened. I could probably count it on my hand. <laughs> the last time that happened to me was uh, earlier this season when the Rams played and started Ronnie Rivers. <laughs> yeah, I at least I... remember that they signed him. I was like, who the hell is Ronnie Rivers? And why is he starting over Daryl Henderson? <laughs> Insane, man. Uh, well, anyways, I was going to say, though this week's game doesn't matter to us. We're playing at Seattle. Uh, we have a chance, if we win this game, to eliminate the Seahawks from the postseason and give Jared Goff a chance to beat the Packers and go to the postseason. Yeah, I I hope that we could play spoilers. Um, it would be amazing because, I mean, what better team than against, you know, your own division rival? But, uh, yeah, they got to perform a lot better than this past week. I have watched enough NFC West football in my life to know that I think the Rams are going to win this game. I hope so. It's just a kind of stupid shit that happens in this division. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. This is, this is a division that likes to beat up on each other, probably more so than just about any other division in the league. But yeah, it, it would not surprise me whatsoever that the Rams end up with a victory here. The I, the Seahawks are two and five in their last seven games, and those oof. wins came against us and the Jets. Yeah, that that says it all right there. Uh, but you know what? Um, yeah, I I I am hoping for a victory here. I mean, I guess I'm hoping for a victory every week, but <laughs> even more so now. I you know like. It's a win-win because if if we win, all that stuff we just said happens, and if we lose, we keep the draft pick high. <laughs> That's um, that goes to show you just how terrible this team has been. Where we start, you know, hoping for you, you know a higher draft pick. Considering we don't even have a first round yeah. draft pick, we're talking about numbers in the thirties here. <laughs> but you, you know, you're not wrong though. The Rams could absolutely benefit from having a higher draft pick. I mean, that's kind of been the one thing that you can kind of give a little bit of credit to uh, Les Need and Sean McVay of how they drafted recently. They've they haven't had the luxury of drafting, you know, higher. So you can almost excuse them for not having, you know, finding like the Todd Gurley's or the Aaron Donald's because they, they weren't in position to do that. So um, in this case, at least it's a little bit closer to that level. Not much closer, but a little bit closer. I think the problem is, that they haven't found the John Johnsons or the Tremaine Johnsons or the Janoris Jenkins or the LaMarcus Joyners in, in quite a while. They haven't. Um, you know, the closest thing we had to that was Jordan Fuller was a six-round pick. And, you know, I don't know who was whispering into Les Needs' ears during the Fisher years. But whoever it was had a much better grasp on defensive backs. No question. Absolutely no question. 
Uh, that being said, please don't take this as me wanting jet pressure back. Uh, no. <laughs> just I, no more seven and nine bullshit, please. <laughs> keep keep McVeigh here for as long as he'd like to be here. Uh, I yeah yeah I'm gonna take him to win, Johnny. I'm gonna go uh, twenty four to twenty one. And I'll 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 give him a a bigger victory here, uh, just slightly twenty seven to fourteen Rams. And the next time we talk, our long nightmare will be over, <laughs> and we now have to watch this fucking team play for another eight months, uh, which is simultaneously a relief and incredibly depressing. Well, let's face it, Steve. It it's gonna be the same. As, as it always is, it's going to feel like a very, very long grinding session of the offseason where we're real excited about free agency until they ultimately do nothing and real excited about the NFL draft until they pick players like Tutu Atwell. And then, <laughs> and then the, we have a lot of bitching and complaining about, uh, you know, things that are or aren't happening for you know months and then we have a stretch where we compare players to soda <laughs> what is the thing you're most curious to see what the rams do this offseason i'm i'm real curious to see what they're going to end up doing with um well with the defensive line because clearly you can't go out there and get you uh, you can't get an edge rusher uh, unless you're putting top dollar out there, which the Rams don't have. So I'm curious to see do they use their top draft pick for an edge rusher if there's going to be any worth drafting at that point? Maybe do they trade up to get one? Uh, that's going to be a big one, you know, and, and then not just edge, but also the defensive uh, line in general, like the defensive ends. We're losing, we're losing a few players, you know, Ashawn Robinson uh, will be a free agent as will Greg Gaines. So uh, the only for sure person that's coming back uh, next season is Aaron Donald, considering he doesn't retire. <laughs> so yep, that's going to be, a big position for me to watch. I mean, there's, there's a number of positions that you can look at. You can look at, we, we talked a long time about safety. Uh, you know, that that's going to be huge considering we have a few free agents there. Uh, some that we don't want back. Um, yeah. Uh, offensive line. I mean, do, do you go out and maybe try and uh, fix the guard spot? You know, uh, do you go and resign David Edwards, who basically didn't play much this year? Uh, there, there's a lot of things to look forward to, but for me, it's got to be the defensive line. What's kind of hilarious is that um, the only position that is really no injury behind it after all this time is inside linebacker. And I and <laughs> I guess wrong. <laughs> you know they're there's maybe a case to be made of them cutting Bobby Wagner, but I don't think they will. I, I think there will be a restructure there. Um, I'm most insane as this is too, after all the shit we've said about it over the last year, I'm most curious to see what they do at wide receiver. Is Allen Robinson here next year? Um, I think, you know, an Odell reunion is c- coming back into the potential cards. I don't think it'll happen, but like it's not out of the picture. Um, and a Brandon Cooks reunion could be possible. I, I uh, would they draft somebody? Sure, fucking hope not. But I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Every, I mean, even like Matthew Stafford's gonna be the starting quarterback next year. But like we talked about all this Baker stuff. There, there's things to be done at every position, except inside linebacker. Yeah, crazy. At last position, I thought we would 
ever be good at. Yeah, ever have like a plan that's long term. Crazy. All right. Well, we could wrap it up there. Uh, this team sucks, so I'm not going to play entrance music today. But join us I probably next week, and we're going to start talking about the off season soon. Uh, we had the privilege of not doing it until late February last year. And this year we got to do it at the, the top of January. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.